Hey, it's Lucy Shrimpton, founder of The Sleep Nanny, and welcome to The Sleep Nanny Show podcast. I aim to serve you with the ideas, strategies, and inspiration to help you and your family sleep soundly so you can live healthy, happy, and fulfilling lives. Being a parent is something for you to treasure, and getting the whole family sleeping well is a vital key in being able to do this without exhaustion, poor health, and the whole experience being a blur to look back on. So tool up, take the lead, and I hope this episode helps you. This is my Bosses with Babies series where I talk to incredible entrepreneurs who have built a successful business whilst raising babies or young children. So this week I'm talking to Cara Sayer. She's the inventor of the awesome product, the Snooze Shade, which lots of mothers and fathers are going to recognize. Cara took two years to develop this project and uh, get it launched and she shares her amazing story of how uh, she did all of this whilst raising her daughter Holly who's now 12 and she also tells us how stubbornness, resilience and abundance, they're three of the character traits that she feels were um, she can attribute to her success in building the Snooshade brand over the last decade. So on we go, let's delve in and enjoy listening to this with Cara Sayer. So it's amazing to be joined by Cara today. Cara, welcome. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you too. So what I would love to know, Cara, is a little bit about how you came to the idea and the creation of the amazing Snooze Shade. How did it all come about? Well, it wasn't amazing when I first invented it, obviously, because it was just a problem that I needed to solve. Yeah. Um, and um, so my daughter was a uh, very much longed for IVF baby and uh, it took me quite a long time to fall pregnant. And then when I was pregnant, I had the most horrendous pregnancy um, in terms of I had a very bad, very, I had the worst case anyone had ever seen of something called SPD, which is this pubis dysfunction, which means that basically... Uh, your body produces too much relaxin in your body, and I ended up in a wheelchair for nine months. Um, oh. And part of that uh, process was a lot of people said, well, as soon as you've had the baby, you know, everything will flick back into you know good order and you'll be fine again. But unfortunately, it wasn't. So when I did actually start walking again, because I had to learn how to walk, um, I was really excited about it. It's one of those things, I think, when you lose something that you take for granted um, and then you get it back again, you're a lot more grateful for it. And so I was out all the time with the pram. Holly was born at the end of October. I was mm. in the wheelchair. I sort of managed to get out of that around sort of mid-January um, and then started going for walks all over the place. So in the morning, I'd sort of go for a walk to our local Sainsbury's, pick up some stuff for breakfast, and then I'd go for a walk at lunch and uh, do the same thing. And, and the same, you know, I was doing quite a lot, a lot of walking. Um, and what I found was, um, obviously, the seasons changed as I was doing all this. Um, and in the wintry times, you know, I was worrying about whether Holly was warm enough. So then I'd end up putting a blanket or my coat over the pram, something like that, to mm. keep her warm. And then when it was summer, I was worried about her burning because she was under six months old and you have to keep them completely out of direct sunlight. Um, and, and then again, you know, sort of trying to find things to sort of drape over or there were a couple of um, sunshades on the market. But the problem with the sunshades as well was that one of the issues I had was as Holly got older uh, was obviously she wanted to um, see out more and be more involved in the world and therefore didn't necessarily fall asleep as easily. And mm -hmm. she was definitely a baby who needed her sleep. And so if we missed naps, 
you know, we ended up having a grumpy, kind of overwired, overtired baby at sort of dinner time, um, mm. and then not sleeping very well at night, um, and then it just has a knock-on effect on on everything really. Um, so yeah, it it was one of those things really that where I just thought, surely, you know, there must be something out there. And I'll never forget there was this one moment where I was out with a group of friends, and we there were about five of us, all with babies, and I think they must they were all sitting up, so they must have all been about sort of you know nine months old, something like that, mm. and. Everyone was doing the same thing. We'd all fed the babies their lunch, and then we were going to have something to eat ourselves. And everyone's doing the same thing, like putting a cardigan over the top or a muslin or whatever they had to hand. Mm. And uh, I just thought, this is ridiculous. Surely there must be a product. You know, I've always been quite a practical person. I thought, yeah. there must be a product out there that could actually help the baby sleep. You know, and I was thinking a blackout blind for the pram, yeah. like you mm. know, blackout blinds for the nursery. And so I sort of, I've always been a big Googler. So, you know, I'm one of these people where people go, do you know where you can get such and such? I'm like, I don't, but I will find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll figure that out, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, um, and, and I just looked everywhere and I couldn't find a product that helped babies sleep when they were out of bed. And I, so I just thought, well, this is something. And I, and I still to this day don't really, don't really know why I decided to pursue it, obviously, to the lengths I, I have done. Uh, but I did, and it just became a sort of a thing, and it took me about two years to develop the product from beginning to end. Mm. Um, and then I launched it sort of unofficially at the end of 2009, and it went um, live in retailers in about March 2010. Amazing. Amazing story. I love it. And I, I think there are so many these days, you see more and more mothers are coming up with practical solutions, like you said, to problems that they experience going through it themselves and go, well, why doesn't this exist? And wouldn't exactly. life be easier if we had this thing? And, well, you um, don't know what you don't know, do you? That's the exactly. thing. And until you're a mother, you've got no mm. idea. Yeah, and and that's it. And that's why I think so many, I think mothers generally are so well positioned to, to come up with these solutions. Um, and Snooze Shade is by far and away one of my favourite products yeah. for little ones, not just because obviously I'm a big advocate for baby sleep, but yeah. it is also the protector... Um, you know, UV protection, it's like a dark mosquito net as well, you know, you keep, yep. them, keep them safe, keep them snug, um, and it can also really help reduce the stimulation that so many little ones get when they're out and about and wanting to look at everything. It sort of tells them, no, no, time to calm down. There's nothing to see yeah, here. It's funny, actually. I get a lot of parents saying to me, oh, is it soundproof? And I'm like, no, it's not. But then at the same time, I often find that babies sleep through noise more easily than they do through visual disturbances. So yeah. I've got videos parents have sent me, you know, at weddings and parties and really busy streets, and the baby's snoring away quite happily. Um, yeah. And they're like, is this thing soundproof? I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> can't. They just can't see anything to be uh, interacting with, so they don't bother. Yeah. I bore them. I always say I jokingly do say this. I do say I bore babies to sleep, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It does. No, it's brilliant. I think it's a fantastic product. I mean, I love that you, you bought this to us. <laughs> you bought this to the world, um, which is incredible. Um, so what do you think helped you to move it from the place of it being an idea to, to a reality. I mean, I, I can imagine that's a huge, huge hurdle. Lots of people have ideas that never really yeah. do anything with them. Um, wh what do you think was different for you that actually did turn it from an idea into reality? I think I'm a bit stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that's good quite, a good, quite a good quality in an entrepreneur. Um, but I also think I've always been very good at thinking outside the box. And just because I don't know something doesn't mean I'm a afraid of asking for help or advice mm -hmm. yeah. um 
And also, I think sometimes it's also really good when you don't know how things work. And by that, what I mean is, you know, if I was somebody who'd worked in the baby product industry, I'd have probably gone about it in a different way to the way yeah. I did, which I had no, I had no experience in retail, manufacturing, nothing. I mean, I literally started from, you know, a point where I had this idea and then I was like, well, now what do I do? Um, the way I approached it was slightly round the houses, which is I did used to work for a magazine company and one of them was a baby magazine. Um, and they used to put on the front, I don't know if they still do actually, but um, on the front of magazines, certainly they do it for women's magazines now, you know, all the sort of freebies like free sarongs and free makeup bags and all that sort of mm, thing. Yeah. And um, I know that I used to actually source from manufacturers various things to put on the front cover of the baby magazine and I knew they had to be safe. Um, mm. And I am absolutely, uh, like to say I'm safety obsessed is an understatement basically <laughs> because... Um, I, I, I think I think that's one of the biggest responsibilities we have, um, particularly in baby products, but in any product really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is you have to ensure it can be as safe as possible, and you know, um, that's one of the things I did right from the word go. Is I sort of looked at what the normal standards, the safety standards, were for baby products, and actually was a bit surprised to find that actually most baby products are really only safe enough for a three-year-old, because the the idea is that obviously the parent is really using it, not the baby. Yeah. Um, so I decided to design my product to the safety standards for a newborn toy, which then meant that there was no mm -hmm. choking hazards, no entrapment, no strangulation, all the rest of it. And so safety has always been a big, big part of everything I do. Mm. Um, and um, so I, I went to the person who I used to work with at a magazine, said, who's doing the cover mounts for the baby magazine? Got put in touch with um, Helen, who is even now, what, 10 years on, is still my manufacturer. Um, mm -hmm. And I've been working with her ever since. And she was a mum of four. Um, mm. And she just totally got my concept when I was, I mean, I'm, obviously I was some random weirdo off the street, effectively, <laughs> you know, in, saying I've got this idea to help babies sleep when they're out and about. And she was like, oh, my God, that's brilliant, you know, yeah. um, and, and which is which is great, because obviously that I think that's um, one of the biggest hurdles that can stop people from developing an idea is actually I often uh, get a lot of people asking me how I've done it. And I usually say to them, try to avoid asking your friends and family too much um, mm -hmm. because, like, friends and family come at it from a very different perspective. They either come at it from a, a – they, they come at it from a slight protective stance, which is they either go, oh, my God, it's amazing, whereas actually it's a really bad idea and please don't develop it. <laughs> um, or they have a tendency to sort of say, oh, well, you know, oh, it might not work because they don't want you to get hurt and they don't want you yeah. to – you know, be disillusioned, etc. And mm. so, um, you know, sort of getting external kind of approval for the concept is always a really good idea. And I mean, I did things which now I would never do. But I mean, I did things like put up ideas on net mums and, and mums net, um, saying I've got this idea for a, you know, a buggy blind, basically, is what I called it mm. initially. And I actually mm. had somebody copy the idea before I'd even launched it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, Gosh. so because I, I, I'd looked at words and I'd looked at the names of the product, and um, mm. one of the word, one of the names I looked at was buggy blind because the idea being it was a, a blind for buggies. Yeah, um, but, but I turned it down because one of the things that came up when I was doing a bit of research about naming products was that you have to be careful culturally, you know, about what what yeah. cultural things there are. So blind in some countries there is no word for blind as in a window blind. There is only the right. word for blind as in you can't see. And that's not mm. necessarily a positive thing, particularly with a baby sure. product. You know, you don't really want sort of something like buggy no eyes or something yeah. in the local language. So I went with Snooze Shade, but I did still call it a buggy blind. And, and I registered buggy blind, like .com and various other things, just as a bit of a 
protective yeah. measure because I wasn't sure which name I was going to go for. And somebody mm. registered buggy hyphen blind and then basically oh, started goodness. sort of, yeah, pretty much copying the whole kind of thing that I was mm. doing um, mm. up until the point I exhibited at a trade show. And then they kind of gave up. I think once I sort of secured Jojo, Mamon Bebe and Mothercare and various other retailers, I think they probably decided that I think they were just doing something on a very local level, you know, rather than, yeah. I mean, I always kind of had world domination on, on my mind. <laughs> Love that. Absolutely you know, love that. Um, because I just always felt this is something that could benefit people all over the world. It wasn't just, you know, wasn't just for England. Um, yeah. And I always thought, you know, the more people I can help, the better, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. I was going to say, actually, posting in forums and getting feedback on your idea, as much as that's great, I, I was going to say, weren't you afraid of anybody stealing the idea? Obviously, they yeah. did. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's always the thing, isn't it? Because you want to talk about it. You want to get feedback. You want to see if it's a um, you know, concept that people get and want. And it's very difficult to do that without exposing well, I mean, all your ideas. I'd probably, I'd probably do, I would say don't worry about it too much because generally, I mean, mine was actually a bit unusual. In fact, that somebody copied me quite so quickly. And even then when they did, the other thing, the other advantage is they're not you. So they're doing they're exactly. your idea, but they're not actually you. So they won't do it in the way that you do it. And maybe the way yeah. you do it will be better than the way that they would do it because you've got different skills and what have you. But also yeah. the other side of that is is that people really only copy success. So if mm. you're very early days, etc., um, you know, I think you would be, have to be quite unlucky for anyone to really truly copy you straight out of the boot. Um, mm. And, you know, so I, I, I'd still suggest that people do, you know, get out there and, and there are all sorts of, I mean, I'm actually, um, I'm actually writing a, a book and a, and, a, and a digital course on how to invent a product because um, I want to help other people who, um, you know, want to invent a product. And that's one of the things I would say is, you know, you can, there's all sorts of intellectual property things you can do, which would yeah. delay it. So it's not necessarily going to prevent someone copying you. And I mean, I've been copied big time last year by a very well-known supermarket. Um, mm. But, you know, but it does, there are certain things that you can do that will certainly delay somebody copying you, which can mm. then give you that. And all you really need to do is get that foothold into the market and yeah. be the first one there and then deliver amazing customer service, deliver a product that works. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I find what's lovely, because I've been going now for 10 years, um, you know, I have a real, I have loads of parents who like they bought they bought the first one in like 2010, and they're still using it now. They've had multiple children, and they're like bringing it out of the the loft, you know. And they're like, oh, we're getting yeah. our sunshade out again. And there's a lot of loyalty, which is lovely, which has just built up through the sort of length of time I've been around, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think I'll be getting copies of your book. I have ideas all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm particular for a product, so I might have to pick your brain for that one. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> well, it's all in the baby sleep world anyway, so I think it would resonate really well. Um, we should talk about that sometime. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's it's fantastic, and uh, not being afraid, like you say, though, to to actually get that idea. And you, like you said, you don't need to know all the answers. You don't need no. to be an expert manufacturer and production no. line and all the rest. You just take it step by step, and the answers are out there. And also um, try and work with people that you like and trust. Mm. Um, you know, because that helps. Um, mm. I mean, I've made a few mistakes. I've made loads of mistakes along the way. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm doing this thing because I just I want to stop other people as much as I can from making those same mistakes. But everyone yeah. has to make their own mistakes. You can't. You yeah. Know, there's no there's no perfect linear plan that will take from A to B. Um, yeah. You've just got to go from sort of you know A to F and back again to T and forward across the Z. And, yeah. You know, 
I mean, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much everyone I know. I mean, I know so many parentpreneurs, and it's not just mums. I know quite a lot of dads as well who, you know, invented products. And, you know, I think everyone goes through a different journey, but similar, you know, in, in yeah. a way that it's never it's never neat and tidy. <laughs> no, it, it isn't. That's it. It's not, it's not a line that you find. It's like a big squiggly line. That's how I always picture entrepreneurship. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got a drawing I did once of like of what I call the entrepreneur's journey. And it's like this up and it's like a roller coaster, you know, because you're just yeah. like up and down. It's like, woo, someone's like bought a product. And then you're like, oh, my God, how am I going to manufacture any more products? And oh, my God, then somebody else has ordered one. Oh, you know, and you're just up and down the whole time. I mean, I feel... Every day when I get a ping, because I, I, I get um, my website's based on Shopify, um, mm-hmm. and I get a ping through on my phone, I still get excited every single time yeah. I'm coming in. I really do, you know, and, and, yeah. and I just I love it. And um, I love interacting with customers. I love interacting with, you know, with, well, you know, with all the parents that I get to talk to. And it's just, I love it. It's just great. Definitely. Well, every ping is another, another little ping of success, isn't it? That you're helping another family. You're yeah, making exactly. your difference. Yeah. And um, all your work is paying off. So, so yeah, yeah celebrate every ping, I say. Absolutely. <laughs> so what, what would you say are the biggest challenges you found with growing such an amazing business and raising a child at the same time? And how have you overcome that sort of balance, if there is such a thing? Yeah, I don't think there is such a thing as the answer. I mean, <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I always say I have two children. I've got, I've got Holly and I've got Snooshade. And I yeah. say Holly, depending on what's going on in a given day. Um, the yeah. only thing I would say that's been amazing is that I've been very, very lucky because even though I have had to work, you know, and I, and I, I mean, I had a full nervous breakdown in 2010. Um, wow. And a lot of that was due to the fact that I was, you know, trying to be full time mum, trying to be full time business person, trying to be full time wife, you know, all of all of that, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can't do everything all the time. I think that's one of the things I've definitely learned and try and pass on to people is that you don't have to do everything yesterday. Like, actually, you can bit, take a little bit more time than you probably believe you can in order to do things. Um, like, the world is not going to stop just because you haven't done this one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as balance and um, children is concerned, I mean, you know, I'm, I was – Basically, my ex-husband, I'm now divorced, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. very amicably, I hasten to add. Um, and, yeah. um, you know, when, when I was with my, my ex-husband, you know, he was working in London every day. And so I was full-time looking after Holly, but then I was also trying to run Snooshade. And, you know, I was doing things like trying to constantly, like, being on my phone or emailing while I was looking after Holly, feeling guilty because I wasn't really being a good mum to Holly and then feeling guilty because I wasn't really being a good entrepreneur to the business and mm-hmm. sort of really feeling as if... Um, you know, it wasn't really good at anything, to be honest. And I think mm-hmm. that's a very, particularly a very female trait. Um, but at yeah, the same definitely. time, you know, I've, I've never missed, but I think that well, I've maybe missed a couple of things in Holly's life um, due to being on a plane. Um, mm. But as a general rule, I've been to every single thing for her school. I've, you know, obviously I've spent a lot of time with her before she went to nursery. Because, I mean, I started the business when she was, well, started it when she was about six months old. Um, mm. And then she went to nursery when she was just before she was three. So I was, I was, sort of ramping up quite a lot around that time mm. yeah. um and um you know and, I, and, and we have a very close relationship um and uh, you know it's, it's been one of those things and she's really proud of, of, of snoo shade she gets really excited if she sees one in the street she's always Aww. like mum, mummy you know oh snoo shade you know and and i think that's lovely and it's really good for her to see you know a woman uh being the, the, the you know the, the business person as well as being mummy 
and a great role model. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing to see your your mum doing something, and, and she's part of the reason it exists as well. well so she must be quite proud of that. Of that. <laughs> she's very aware of that, and I and I always and I'm, I very much credit her as my muse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely, they're the inspiration, aren't they? Yes, exactly. Um, I think this year's been a really um, great example of exactly what you said, though. When you feel as a as a woman and as a mother that you're not being fully present as one or the other and where most of us had to juggle our businesses and homeschooling children and all the, all the, all the things this year. Yeah. Um, I, I've always been quite precious about that. When I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm mummy, I'm mummy. But to this year, we kind of had to blend it a bit and it wasn't yeah. easy. Um, and I'm so, afraid I've always been a yeah. bit of a blender. Um, yeah. So I've, you know, and I've always sort of thought, oh, I really should be less. I should be less of a blender, but it's just the way I am. So yeah. you know, sometimes I'll be sitting there, and I'm like, oh god, I've got to sort this customer out. But I think that's the pro- I think that's the issue. Is I'm always about my I'm always about my customers first. So it doesn't mm. matter whether it's sort of midnight on a Sunday. If I'm awake and I get a, a message, I'm on it. Um, mm. You know, even if it's just to say we'll be on it first thing tomorrow morning, just so they know that you know someone because I I just feel like especially nowadays. Um, you know, businesses can be quite personality-less, you know, a bit soulless. And, mm. um, you know, and I like I like the fact that, you know, we're a very small company. All the people who work with me are mums, um, you know, and they all understand what it's like when you're, when you're trying to buy something for your baby and you've got questions and you're worried about this and you've heard that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, yeah. so, um, and, I, and I've also, I'm really, as a consumer, I'm really tough on companies for good or bad customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that's really important to me that I don't ever want someone like griping because I haven't done what I should have done, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes to show you can do both. You you can raise a child and and a phenomenal business at the same time. You, you're you walking can. through. I mean, but, but just don't expect to be sort of skipping down the road um, singing songs every day. No. And, <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot of dedication, doesn't it? Well, and, and also there's a lot of compromise and there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's not all, it's not all happy and joy. But then, to be fair, I've also got friends of mine who've had <clears throat> or have, you know, very successful careers and they have to put their child into childcare from sort of seven in the morning and they don't get back until seven, seven thirty in the evening. Um, yeah. and, and I look at that and that's just as heartbreaking in many ways as, you know, when, when I've had to sort of go off and I, I think Holly was doing a play one time and I had to go to a trade comp, a trade show and, um, you know, obviously I wanted to be with her, but, you know, I just looked at the plus side, which is, that, you know, mainly I've always been able to sort of be around for her. And even now I, I do the school drop off, the school pick up. Um, yeah. and that's, that's really important to me, especially I suppose, as I always say, and I've only got one child to practice on. <laughs> yeah yeah no I think you're absolutely right there's always a compromise and so yeah whether it's building your business or as you said if you're in a corporate role that takes you away from the home long hours every day then yeah yeah there's, there's no perfect scenario and children, there, really. children are pretty tough and they're pretty resilient yeah. and I think you know I think I read once that you really only have to spend about 15 minutes with your child for them to feel that they've had quality time with you um, not yeah. that I'm suggesting I only spend 15 minutes with her, but um, I, no, think I, mean, what you mean is I think quality. that just alleviated my guilt a little bit, you know, yeah. in terms of sort of, not, you know, not, I suppose I, I saw a lot of my other friends who weren't running businesses and they were at home and they were able to do more of the sort of, you know, the messy play and the this and the that and all that sort of stuff. But if I'm really honest, I probably wouldn't have been a very good mum like that anyway. It's not my sort of personality style. I'm, I, I don't think I'm sort of, I'm not that way inclined. Um mm. And I think also you've just got to be realistic as to who you are as a person and a mother because, you know, yeah. 
everyone's different, you know. Um, Definitely. And that's okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can have these, I remember having visions and ide- idyllic um, thoughts as to what motherhood would look like and how oh, yeah. it should be, you know, this p- p- picture-perfect little idea that just images in my mind. The reality is very different. And like you said, if it's certain things just aren't necessarily who you are or how you're inclined to be. So you've got to do do it your way, I always say. Do, yeah. do it your way and to the best that you can. It doesn't have exactly. to fit a particular and mold or box. To, exactly. and, and don't judge yourself against other people you know mm. because every and everyone's got different things going on in their life and you know nothing about them and so you sort of look at them and you think oh my goodness she's so amazing as a mother or whatever blah 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 but then you know maybe she's got like issues that she doesn't talk about and mm. you know so yeah. you know, the thing is I think we've all just got to take ourselves for who we are I mean I, I don't think I ever saw my in fact I think I said to my my husband I said when we got married I said don't expect me to be a stay-at-home mum you know I don't mm. think that's really going to be me uh, long term mm. but I also didn't want to necessarily have a nanny so it was going to mm. how was I going to kind of you know um, do the do the two and actually Snooshade as I say has you know having my own business has yeah. enabled me to to kind of do that really which is working yet you know not having to bring anyone else in yeah yeah I think that is the lovely thing about entrepreneurship and, and paving your own way is that you can make those choices and say okay look, this is what I'm going to work and I am going to be there for the school runs because that's what's important yeah. to me and I'm with you on that that's something I really do treasure um to the point that even if I'm busy and somebody says oh do you want me to pick up the children I think no no <laughs> don't take that away from me that's my you know <laughs> that's my time and um exactly. I, I quite like the school run I use it as a transition um, for my own headspace so I can sort of transition from my busy work mind into right, going into mummy mode now and you know yeah. it's a nice sort of hand over time in my own head but um, yeah I think you're absolutely right about listening to who you are and, and there's no comparison. Do you think, no. um, is there one particular lesson um, you feel that you've learned from being a mum and an entrepreneur that you would share with our listeners like a, a learning that you think if I I could have told myself that before. Yeah, I think I think um, I think when I when I got divorced, I started getting divorced in about 2014. And um, one of the things that I had to look at, and this is one of my sort of big learnings, is up until that point, although I had focused on the numbers, I I didn't I had the luxury of not having to rely on the business to live purely. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so therefore, I was able to maybe spend more money on reinvesting into the business rather than you know taking money out etc. to put you know behind me if you know what I mean mm, yeah um, and so in 2014 that, that that all kind of changed and I had to really look very hard and you know look at the numbers because yeah. in an ideal world you're not running a, you're not doing a hobby you're running a business yeah. um, and actually it's very easy to kind of get carried away with uh, the superficial signs of success so for example you know in 2014 I was in pretty much every major retailer in the UK I had about 12 different distributors all over the world but the main problem I had was that it wasn't actually making me very much money because mm. in order to sell to a distributor, you have to give them such a big margin that you end up making very little and therefore you have to sell a whole host more products mm. um, than you would if you were selling less products but for more money coming to you. Yeah. So that's when I changed my sort of main business model and moved away from that side of things. And that's what mm-hmm. I've been doing now sort of really for the last uh, about four or five years. Um, and um, took much more control back um, and, you know, very because also the other problem is other people never really communicate in, in the way that you do. So at least, not, you know, not a third party like a distributor, for example. 
Um, yeah. and they don't treat customers the way you want them to be treated, and they don't handle queries the way you want to handle them. And you know, if someone has a faulty snooze shade, we have like something like a 0.01 percent fault rate. It's really super low. But mm. I'm still like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, you know, that you've had mm. a faulty product. That's really frustrating because I know what it's like. You know, you buy something and then it arrives and it doesn't. It's broken. You're like, well, thanks for that, mm. you know. Um, mm. And um, you know, and I don't want somebody who's going to go, okay, well, you know, uh, we'll give you a refund or whatever. You know, I want someone who says, I'm really sorry, and let me make, you know, yeah. we'll send another one out there, and blah blah blah. And is there anything else I can do? And you know, yeah. So, um, that's that, that. But but that all comes down as well to you know, focus on your numbers. Make sure that your numbers work. They're not necessarily going to work from the beginning because obviously when you're starting a business, there's a lot of investment, especially a product business. Yeah. Um, you obviously have to invest in a lot of stock. Otherwise, you haven't got anything to sell. It's very different from service, you know, where you know, really you just need a laptop and, you know, somewhere to sit yeah. and make phone calls. But, you know, when you're, um, you know, when you're running a product business, if you don't have the product, you can't sell. You therefore can't make any money. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it does take longer, I think, to make money in a product-based business. But, you know, it is absolutely possible. Um I mean, things like Amazon, eBay, online, you know, that's really, really opened up the doors, I think, to, um, you know, to people having access to other people who might want their products. And I mean, I think it's a lot easier now than it was when I started. Yeah, yeah. And especially with the huge growth in social media as well. Um, Yeah, exactly. And visibility. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that can be a little bit delusional, like you said, about watching the numbers. Because I see a lot in the service side of things, I see a lot of people are really putting themselves out there because it's them and their knowledge, really, that they're they're sharing or information. And um, it can be, like you said, there's always the the superficial things. So with you, it may have been products in retail outlets that that sort of was a mark of success, but like you said, not necessarily the numbers. And now we're seeing, you know, people with gigantic Instagram followings, which is a so-called superficial mark of success, yeah. actually, they might not they be making, making a penny. <laughs> um, and so it's so important. And I, you know, I know myself from various um, events and things, you, know, you, you do a certain amount for publicity, but there comes a point where it, yeah, you've got to be paid and yeah. you can't do everything for exposure. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, there is a balance, exactly. There's, mm. there's a, you know, you sort of, it's, I think that's the other thing. I think you almost, it's particularly maybe if you're a service, you know, mm. as such, you almost need to consider X amount of time is marketing budget, but the rest, as you say, has to be paid for because, yeah. you know, that is, you are the product. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your knowledge or your, or your what you're sharing is, is worth paying for, definitely. Exactly. Definitely. So before we wrap up, Cara, um, you mentioned earlier one of your character traits um, being stubbornness. I can totally relate to that. I think that's great. You've got to have determination. But what do you think your biggest three character traits are that have contributed to your success? Um, I think resilience, actually, is yes. one. Um, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I had, I had a sort of interesting childhood, and I think, but I think it built a lot of resilience in me. And yeah. so... Um, I think I've, you know, been on that roller coaster and I've survived the highs and the lows. Mm-hmm. Um, I think realism, as I said, you know, I think I'm not into airs and graces and I don't care whether my product is in X number of retailers. I'd rather just make sure I'm selling enough to live on, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think being realistic and I am I am very realistic and practical. Um, and then I think actually fundamentally, I'm actually also very optimistic as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, this year has been, you know, a car crash of a year. Um, you know, my business plunged about 80% in the US 
in um, March or April, and um, that was quite scary, obviously, because you're thinking, mm. oh, my God. But to be honest, you know, my whole perspective for this year has been survival, and yeah. not in a negative way, not in a sort of, oh, my God, um, more in a, as long as I survive this year, then we can get out of it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. And, that, and in a positive way. Um, and I also, sorry, there'll be four, but the other thing I, okay. I, I like to do is I like to, I view the world with a sense of abundance. Yeah. In, in, and I know that sounds a bit woo-woo sometimes, and I'm not very woo-woo no. at all. Um, but I, I believe that, you know, what's always very interesting to me is watching people and they're, they're sort of, they're acting with thinking that there's not enough out there in the world. There's a scarcity mentality. Whereas, yeah. you know, I think, you know, when you look at, like, for example, baby sleep consultants, there are gazillions of baby sleep consultants. And yeah. some of them are doing really, really well. Some of them are not doing so well. Some of them are new. Some of them are more established. The point is, actually, a given parent anywhere in the world will be attracted to whichever one of those, you know, they don't just go to one. Like, as my mum always says, you know, no one ever buys one pair of socks. Um, yeah. You know, you don't just have one pair of socks. And so people, I mean, I'm, I'm regularly being told, oh, have you, have you heard so-and-so, they're a motivational coach or a life coach or this or that? And I've never heard of them, and yet they seem to be doing very well. Yeah. But the fact yeah. that I haven't heard of them, you know, shows that there's a huge market out there because, you know, there's more and more people out there doing more and more things. And it's yeah. the same with products. You know, I mean, I've obviously been copied a few times. Um, I mean, I think I've had three legal or four legal things this year uh, that I've had uh, to deal with. Um hmm. But the thing is, is that I, you know, I, I just go, okay, fine. There's room in the market for us all. And actually, you know, unless you're blatantly copying me, as I was last year, but that got dealt yeah. with. Um, mm. Actually, you know, I take it as a sort of a compliment, and um, and then I just sort of keep motoring on, and I keep doing what I do, and I let other people get on and do what they do. Yeah, um, I think yeah, it's such, it's so powerful the abundance mindset that there, you know, there is room for everybody. Um, and, and I think the key being what you said, you know, there's only one you. And you yeah. said that way earlier on when we were talking, there is only one you. So be it the, the, the person behind the product or all the service, the consultant or the coach, you know, there's only one you. So n- nobody else can do it quite the way you do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, they can try, but it never works. It's that whole sort of authentic thing, which I hate again. I hate the word authentic. Cause everyone knows <laughs> it far too much. Um, but it's that real realism, you know, it's like, you know, yeah. I'm me, you, you know, what you see is what you get, the way I am is the way I am, there's no kind of, there's no uh, back or sides to me or anything like that, really, um, yeah. and I think, you know, as long as you stay like that within your business, then you're never going to yeah. go, you're never going to mess up, because as long as you stay true to yourself, and even if it is sometimes, you might mess up, but, you know, then be big enough to say, oops, sorry, I messed up, and then move yeah. on, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's just it. And when you are, for want of a better word, authentic, when you are just being you and being genuine, you're not putting on any kind of front or, or trying to fit some sort of bracket, um, no one can copy you <laughs> because yes. they're just you, what's and all. <laughs> it's like, exactly. it's just, hey, what and you it's see is what you get. Most likely. I mean, it's really funny. I mean, the other day I, had to, I did these demonstrations because I realized I hadn't done any product demos for one of my, well, I hadn't done product demos for a couple of my products not mm. since 2010 and it's basically because I feel fat and so I don't want to um you know uh hold on just one moment sorry okay. just, um yeah and I and I and it literally was I just felt too fat being in front of the camera because I put on a bit of weight since I did those videos I put on quite a lot of weight um and 
you know, it was just, and I just thought afterwards, that's so bloody stupid. So I just actually got my daughter to film me because, you know, they're all sort of so whizzy on, on Definitely. and all that sort of stuff. And she's used to doing all the stuff with TikTok and whatever. And, and she filmed me and I was like, oh, wow, that's really good. And then I just edited and mainly edited myself out of the shots. But I got <laughs> what I wanted out of doing it. Uh, which was I wanted new demos and I wanted some demos full stop because I hadn't got some for some of the products. Um, yeah. And I think you just have to stay like, you know, true to yourself, which is, you know, yeah. I'm never going to be the sort of kind of brand leader who sort of swans around wearing beautiful clothes and amazing makeup. And, you know, as you saw when I uh, earlier on, I'm, I literally got wet hair, haven't been for a swim and I'm in a T-shirt <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm sort of, I'm very, that's, that's me. And, um, yeah. you know, and yeah. I think you just have to stay true to yourself. I agree. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. Brilliant advice. Really amazing words of wisdom, Cora. And <laughs> um, thank you so so much for uh, taking the time to have a chat with me today and, oh, and just share your journey and and experiences. It's um really incredible. Really, is your your inspiration. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cara, we will obviously share links to uh, yourself to Snooze Shade and would love to share links to, I know you've got your upcoming um, book and, and um, you know, help for other people looking to, to start a product business and how to go about it. So we'd love to share any links to those. Is there a particular place where people can find you or, or you most like people to find you online? Yes, so online is definitely the best place to be. So, I mean, you either either find me via Snooshade or I have got um, a Facebook page, which is uh, Make It, Market It, Sell It, uh, which Brilliant. is the, the, the concept that I'm trying to sort of pull together to sort of create um, a really practical guide to sort of how to invent a product. And as you can probably tell from talking to me, it will be pretty practical. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Great. That's the way I like it. Keep it, keep it simple. Keep it straight talking and yeah. fantastic amazing well thank you again so much Cara for joining us today pleasure lovely to chat to you hey I hope you enjoyed this episode and it serves you well please share it with a friend who will really appreciate it and don't forget to subscribe for free to Sleep Nanny Insiders where you'll get the latest episodes info and free tools to help you even more Head over to thesleepnanny.com now or check out the show notes for a link to subscribe and I'll catch you again very soon.